A scripture reading for today comes from the prophet Joel, the second chapter beginning in the 12th verse. Joel says this, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, a long time ago, I lived in a house that all my friends came to call simply the shack. It was a horrible little house. It was maybe 350 to 400 square feet. It was old and had not been cared for or repaired over the years. It had dirty, stained, vintage green shag carpet and old school linoleum on the floors. It had dark, dark paneling on the wavy walls. I remember I could lay in my bed at night and look in the corner and see the the moon and stars outside where the walls were separating in this house. It had a window air conditioning unit that was older than I was at the time, but you could only use it when you were in the house. The landlord would evict you if you ever ran it when no one was there. So it was really, really hot in the summer. For heat, it had an electrical heater that was in the wall. And when it was on, immediately that small, sad space became the temperature of the surface of the planet Mercury. (laughs) So you either froze to death or suffocated in the winter. It was not a very nice place to live. I was trying to finish college. I was working three jobs at the time. I worked in the library at the university 15 hours a week. I had a little church on the weekend where I did the music and preached, filled in preaching from time to time. And then I was a house parent at a uh, home for teenage boys who had, had to be removed from their homes for various reasons. And even with all of that work and trying to finish school, the shack was the best I could do. It wasn't much, but it was furnished and all bills were paid in the $180 rent that I paid. One Sunday when I left the church, I absentmindedly put my Bible on the roof of my old car and drove off and it slid off and fell into the road, and the pastor just happened to see it. So he stopped and picked up the Bible, and he followed me all the way home to the shack. I'll never forget the look of horror on his face when he looked at me and said, you live here? Those were hard times. I was broke, and I was tired, and I was trying to finish school and it felt like I never would be able to graduate. 
But at the same time, I still had trust that things would work out. Part of it was that I was young and didn't know any better. Part of it was that I was naive and still believed that just because I put my mind to it, I could accomplish anything. And part of it was, in a simple, childlike way, I still believed that I could trust God, that everything would work out. But since those younger days, I've had different kinds of situations in my life. All of us have or will have situations and circumstances where things do anything except work out. Times when we've done our best and it's not enough. Times when we find ourselves struggling. Times when we find it hard to believe good news, but very easy to believe bad news. Times when we expect the worst and often get it. We can come but so lost in the bad news that we become blind to what God is doing and where God is at work even in the dark times. You ever have times like that? Well, the prophets like Joel had the difficult task of speaking to people in just those kinds of circumstances. If you begin to read Joel from chapter 1, verse 1, you know right away this is not going to be a feel-good story, to say the least. In chapter 1, Joel describes in great detail a locust plague that has stripped the land bare, deprived the people of food, so much so that they don't even have what they need to make their offerings to God in the temple. These are the worst of times. In verse 4 of chapter 1, he gives this description, which I find humorous on one hand and horrifying on the other. What the cutting locusts left, the swarming locusts have eaten. And what the swarming locusts have left, The hopping locusts have eaten. And what the hopping locusts have left, the destroying locusts have eaten. Have you ever heard a more powerful description of those moments and those times and sometimes those years in our life where it seems like the bad is ending and something else comes along to make it worse? Locust after locust after locust. Their hard times were not ending. When I read that first chapter, my response is, well, good morning to you too, Joel. Thank you for that word. The prophet interprets what he sees in the world through the lens of the word revealed to him by God. The great New Testament scholar Elizabeth Ochtemeyer says that the role of the prophet is to point out to the people 
where, when and where God is at work in the worst of times. His words, this prophet named Joel, describe a situation where people would find it very hard to believe and trust in the good news. To be able to trust that in the middle of a locust plague that has stripped their land bare, that there is growth and life in their future. That's what makes the word of our text so powerful. In the midst of that devastation, in the midst of that darkness, we hear this gracious invitation. Even now, return to me with all your heart. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, a God who relents from punishing. Who knows if today will be the day things change. Those are beautiful words, aren't they? But they're not just for the people of Joel's day. What do the locust-plagued days of our lives look like? Are they days of grief and loss? Do the locust-plagued days of our life look like days filled with Disappointment in ourselves, disappointment in those around us? Do our locust plague days look like days when we feel alone and hopeless? Do our locust plague days come to us when we look at what's happening in the world and in our communities and we feel overwhelmed with the burden? not being able to change the situation. We have locust-plagued days today. And Joel's word is not for me as a nerdy college kid trying to get through the last eight months of a long slog through college. Joel's words are speaking to us in the darkest, hardest, most enduring pain of our lives. This word is a word from God for us at our rock bottom. A word for us in the worst of times when it seems to trust in anything except bad news. But even in those circumstances turn to God again with all our hearts. Even if those circumstances are the consequences of our own choices, we can turn again to God with all our hearts. Even if we're drowning in a situation beyond our control, we can still turn again to God with all our hearts. Even when we can't imagine a future beyond the pain and destruction of this we can trust that growth and new life lies ahead. Why? Because of who God is. 
That's the good news in Joel's word to the world. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Joel offers us the possibility that this could be the day This could be the day when pain gives way to blessing. We can trust God even in the worst of times. That is the good news. So in this season of reflection and repentance, let's trust God. Let's trust God for new growth. Let's trust God for new life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.